the simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Mark Florka. With 45 years of industry experience, Mark knows the ins and outs of baking. He is Bakerpedia's community forum manager and baking instructor. He's here to share knowledge and help you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked In Science Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Baked In Science. The interest in gluten-free is not slowing down and has established itself as a lasting trend. We're going to dive in and explore this topic over the next two episodes. First up, my guest Coral Bajas is going to help us understand the what and why of this trend, as well as some how-to resources for those needing or selecting a gluten-free diet. Let's get on with it. Welcome, bakers, to another episode of Baked in Science.、Uh, and this time, we're talking about all things gluten-free. And to start off with, my guest is Carol Barajas. Did I say that right this time? <laughs> Ah, Coral Barajas, yes. Coral Barajas. Oh, I got one. <laughs> oh boy, you were focusing on my last name this time. <laughs> It sounded good. I have, my, I have a sister-in-law named Carol. So that, that's, oh yes, that's why it popped in my head, right?、Um, so welcome, Coral.、Um, please tell us a bit about yourself and and your gluten-free adventure. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm just so happy to be here. And my name is Coral Barajas, like we just mentioned. And、uh, boy, my gluten-free adventure has been a wild ride. Actually,、um, it wasn't. I, we didn't become gluten-free until about seven years ago. My daughter was the first one diagnosed with celiac disease, and since then, my other daughter and also myself have been. But when she was first diagnosed, we didn't know what was wrong with her.、Um, she was very, very sick, malnourished. Her hair was falling out in clumps. She was throwing up.、Oh, no. The doctors were convinced she had cancer or leukemia or kidney failure. I mean, we were testing for everything, and lo and behold, it ended up being celiac disease, which we were so thrilled about because we weren't doing chemo; we were doing gluten free. And, and, and thankful、happened. to have a a result or something to go on. I mean, I, I can relate somewhat. I I had a neighbor when when I lived in Illinois. And when their daughter was born, they went through similar、uh, trials and tribulations, and all kinds of specialists, and wondering if it was cancer, and all these kinds of things,、um, until by fluke, one of the doctors did a, a DNA test、um, to determine that it was celiac disease.、Um, yeah. And、uh, so, on one hand, very relieving、um, to to know and to not have to go to chemo. Um, and then a whole new world has has now emerged for you. I mean, th- people think it's hard living through the pandemic. I mean, I'd say, I mean, this is this is a whole other life you have to have to live now.、Um, and and so, can you share with me? I mean, you know, having gone through this and and things, you know.、Um, Can you kind of give us sort of in layman's terms? Well, actually, first I, I interrupted you. You you you, you do something special in, in serving celiacs. Can tell us about that first. I do. So when we first started on this journey, I was like trying to find resources that would be helpful and positive, and like help me figure out what I need to do. And I couldn't find like a positive community. And this was about seven years ago. I just felt like people were like. 
thought it was doomsday, thought it was really depressing and sad and like life was over. And I was like, no, are you kidding me? Life's starting now. Cause we were going to be good. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I started documenting my journey and I started a handle called Serving Celiacs. And since then, recently even, I changed it to Gluten-Free with Coral because I not only helped the celiac world, but anybody going gluten-free for any reason. And then, I, I mean, there okay. are there are so many reasons why yep. people are gluten-free, whether it's another autoimmune disease, a thyroid disease, um, uh, any type of autism, any IBS, just any inflammation at all. I mean... Mm-hmm. Gluten-free living is really, um, it's really beneficial for so many, not everybody. I don't think everybody Mm -hmm. needs to be gluten-free. I do think the awareness of it and, um, knowing what's in your body is important. So I help the community. I have an e-course. I have a podcast. I have printables and cheat sheets, and I have so many resources to help where whatever stage you're on in the gluten-free world and your gluten-free journey, I got some resources for you. So that's what I do. That's what I help. Yeah, I've been glancing at your your website, you know, the www.glutenfreewithcoral.com. And yeah, there's tons of resources there. Um, very well, nicely put together, easy to read and, and go through. Um, and just, you know, really smartly done, right? Um, and, um, and so then where, where I was going next was, that it can, can you kind of help us in layman's terms? I think that celiac disease and this whole idea like you've mentioned a lot of people go gluten-free for a lot of different reasons um and they're probably the majority of what purchases in the market you know to to in many ways but the the thing that the underlying thing that has been driving all of this is trying to understand celiac disease now you mentioned it's an autoimmune disease and can you share with us kind of in layman's terms a little bit about what that is, how that works, um, you know, being a celiac. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, there's lots of reasons why people are gluten-free, but when you have celiac disease, you have to be like ultra, ultra microscopic, careful about what you're putting in your body, because what it is, is it's literally an autoimmune disease where your body attacks itself. If you ingest any smallest amount particle of gluten, And so what happens is the little finger-like projections that are lining your intestines, which are their job is to like, whenever you're eating something, it pulls the nutrients out of the food, those little finger-like projections, pulls it out of the food and puts it into your bloodstream. So they are so needed. And when you have celiac disease, that autoimmune response, that attacking response is those villi get just damaged and destroyed. And so instead of your body digesting the food and getting the nutrients, it's just kind of like that dumping effect where it's like, you're just, it's going straight through you and you're not even benefiting. So a lot of times people have serious constipation or serious diarrhea, and it's usually one or the other. Mm-hmm. And um, not always, but that's generally one of the, one of the big symptoms. And so, I mean, you could be eating fruits and veggies and fish and all the healthy things all day long. And your body is so malnourished. And so it's super duper important to get on top of this and really take care of yourself. And so gluten is the factor in this autoimmune response. And so if you eliminate gluten, there's no medication, there's nothing you can do to help yourself. You only strictly eliminate gluten. And so, and then of course we take like probiotics and different things to help our guts and, you know, to heal and everything. But as far as like medication or anything, there's no treatment for it at this time. And so it's living gluten-free and even the smallest crumb 
you can have that response too, and it can stay in your system for a few months. But yeah, so, I mean, if you could, if you could take all the probiotics you want, if your villi are damaged, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? right. I mean, you're not exactly. absorbing it. And can can the villi can they grow back if you? Yes. Okay, yes. so the yes. so if you eliminate gluten from your diet, you you remove the the the, the uh, inflammation and everything else like that and then it just takes time that they can you can heal in that sense right and it's not overnight and generally yeah. if you've been eating gluten your whole life and then all of a sudden you stop it's not like oh tomorrow you're gonna feel great i mean it yeah. could take six months it can take two years it can mm-hmm. take six years but it's also other foods that are irritating too so a lot of times when someone will find out they have celiac disease they often will go dairy free as well just because um oh Dairy is hard to digest, especially Mm -hmm. here in the U.S. with like our regulations are different with how everything is working. So um, a lot of things are pushed along and um, are okayed and they really shouldn't be. And so your body can't digest the same way. And so, you know, really being careful, you're not eating foods that inflame inflame the body mm-hmm. um, that will help you heal faster and get you on a better, on a better road. But yes, they can, they can grow back and you can live a great and healthy life. Um, it just, you know, you just kind of always in check of, of your health. That's, that's interesting. And and I'm glad you, you brought up the dairy aspect too. I mean, I think that sometimes maybe the lactose intolerance is just, uh, you know, almost a misinterpretation from just eating the wrong kinds of, of dairy. And um, like when I was on a trip to Italy a couple of years ago, I love cheese, uh, but I, you know what, so often back home here, I would, I would feel plugged up after eating a fair amount of cheese. Right. And I just would feel, uh, um, you know, constipated and things like that. Whereas when I was in Italy, eating the cheeses there because of all of the natural fermentation and no gums and all of these things is that I had no issues at all. I could just enjoy cheese. Right. I mean, it was, it was very different. Right. And and maybe it's also what they feed the cows. I mean, that might be part of it. Um, uh, there's less corn in the diet over there. Um, but yeah. And, and so it's very interesting. Yes. Italy has it going on because they are so good with gluten as well and being gluten-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even those with like, you can be super gluten intolerant and like whatever here in the U S or wherever else around the world. But then people go to Italy and they're like, gluten doesn't even affect me. Now I'm not promoting that for celiac disease. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you just eliminate it. Don't risk it. But yeah. I'm saying like, they just process it different and better. And it's amazing to see like, why aren't we all on that train? Like, why aren't we all doing that? Um, yeah, it's, it's a complicated story. Yeah, but absolutely. I agree. I mean, um, I'll be honest, we, we came, we came this close to, to retiring in, in Italy. I mean, um, it's, it's just some other factors, but, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it is quite incredible. Um, and, um, you know, but, you know, you also mentioned it's like, I mean, to be gluten free as far as a product and stuff is that it's these it's tiny little amounts. Um, so the, the World Health Organization, I believe, is the one that has kind of put out that not a regulation, but the guidance that um, it should be below 20 parts per million. And that's what the, the U.S. Uh, Food and Drug Administration says it has to be below 20 parts per million, but there's other certifying bodies that say differently, right? Um, can you shed some, <laughs> some light on that? <laughs> I know. It, it, and that's what makes it so confusing. Cause it's like, who do you even believe or who do you trust? Or, mm-hmm. 
Um, but I actually break this all down in my, and I have a course that like takes you through it all and like who I really trust and all of these things. So if you really are on a celiac or gluten-free journey, like you can go to those resources, but so I trust it's called gluten.org and they're the GFCO and it's the the most common worldwide known, um, certified gluten-free label. And they are less than 10 parts per million. That's the standard that they hold. And that is good. And that's what I trust. And Uh if something's certified from them, they have like, the companies have jumped through hoops to get to that point. And Mm -hmm. so then I do trust them. Now, do I take everything and be like, oh yes, this is right. This is wrong. You know, no, you have to trust your gut, like literally, (laughs) but like you have to just do you. And so there's certain foods that I'm like, we're my family's safe and we're good and we trust. And then others are like, I don't even want to risk it or, and vice versa, mm-hmm. but you just have to do you and like, not let it overwhelmingly consume you to a depression or isolation, but just like, okay, how do I move forward and get, you know, get my life in order and get healthy and feeling my best. Cause that is what it's all about. And mm-hmm. every person is different on how they're going to feel their best. And then that kind of, you know, addresses for me also in that, you know, um, like you said, I mean, there are differences between obviously celiac disease, as we've covered, is that that's an autoimmune disease. And then there's other responses that we may be dealing with, um, like an intolerance um, that maybe just provides certain indicators that you're not tolerating gluten very well. Um, it may not be harming your alleles, but um, but it might be doing other things, you know, as it gets into your bloodstream and, and things like that, or al- allergy responses, like a, um, what's it called, a histamine response, right? Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Um, and, um, you know, and then that has been a big part of what's driving or driven the, the explosion of gluten-free products. Um, there was one point I remember where uh, the the as, as gluten free really came expanded on the market, where it was uh, at the end of the year, like GNPD said that the growth in new products on the market that were gluten free was over a thousand percent. And so, having navigated that, you mentioned that that certification organization. Um, what other things do you look for to try to navigate this? Right, because there are so many things out there that are calling themselves gluten-free or so on. It's, it's like, what, what are, um, and, and, you know, I know you have all this on your website, but you give us sort of a snapshot oh, of some of the, uh, um, um, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a step-by-step process yeah. when you're, you know, what I did when I, we first went gluten-free, I went through my own pantry of everything that I have uh-huh. and I looked through it and I, I looked at ingredients. I looked it up online. And if I wasn't sure, I would actually call the manufacturer myself and see how wow, educated. Incredible. Awesome. Was. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I did. And so then I knew like, okay, this is the stuff I normally buy. So like, what can I eat? <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I don't know what I'm going to eat. And then, and then I separated it. I put on the left side, everything gluten-free, the right side was all gluten. And then I slowly, but surely now my house is hundred percent gluten-free cause it's easier. It's like, mm-hmm perfect. It's how we roll. It's we're safe. We can eat off the floor. We don't care. We don't care about, we don't care about dirt. We care about gluten. So yeah, <laughs> and you, you, you may, I mean, people may not realize there's a lot of things that even say, um, you know, licorice, licorice uses a yeah. lot of flour, you know, for example, I mean, people don't realize these things, yeah. right. Um, right. Uh, and, and so is, is it then with some of these, is it then just a matter of looking at your ingredient listings is, is the, the first thing? Yeah. So look, 
I look at the ingredients. So you're looking for words like wheat, barley, rye, malt. Um, so even it's oak. not just wheat. That's that's what people right. need to be. I think that needs right. to be emphasized, right? It's there's yeah. a lot of different grains that contain gluten that right. may not be wheat that are kind of in that family, so to speak. Right? Absolutely, and even oats. If you if you're going to have something that has oats in it, you need to make sure that it says gluten free oats or certified gluten free oats. Yeah, there there's there's very few uh, producers suppliers of gluten free oats. Um, and I, I'm aware of of one in Canada. This is called Can Oat, um, and then there's two in the U.S. And I, the names escape me right now. Um, and the 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 challenge is from from what I understand is got to do with uh, first of all the the fields, how far apart they are, because the wheat can just blow into the fields, and so then when they harvest it, it's contaminated. So the fields are, are separated. Um, and then once you've separated the field, you still have to segregate the ingredient all the way through. They have to be dedicated trucks um, that if they're not dedicated, they have to go through an allergen wash, not just a regular truck wash. It's a, a special wash where um, certain um, almost like I hesitate to say soap, but a cleaning solution is used to eliminate everything in the truck to ensure that when the oats go in there, there will not be any contamination at all. And then they still test through the process. So um, yeah, there's not, and, but yeah, you have to really look. So you, like your standard uh, Quaker oats, as far as I know, they are not gluten-free. Um, there, there might be some, but, uh, but most of them, they will not say gluten-free on it. Um, while the oat itself is gluten-free, so if you have a very low sensitivity, you might be okay. Um, but that's that's up to the individual and their doctor that has to have to determine that. Right? And, yeah, absolutely. And did you did you get a lot of support or? resistance uh, you mentioned that you you contacted some of the manufacturers directly was was that like a nightmare of navigating um extensions or were, were you able to kind of get some help there <laughs> well when you call when you call there you're usually calling they put the number that's like right into like the ingredient people that would know, mm -hmm. that know their stuff. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of times where people were just really like, they would read me the statement because they don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just answering the phone and they're, they're paid to do that. And, you know, mm -hmm. some are even nicer than others, but <laughs> for the most part, if, if the wording was like, it's processed in the same facility and, you know, like, yeah. and, and it just like, it wasn't convincing out the door, but yep. now there's a new app too, that just came out and it's called the spoonful app. And that is so, so, so helpful. And nice. it's constantly getting more and more um, updates on food products and you can enter in food products. It's a whole community. You can rate products. You can go there and find my, my account and you can see what my favorites are. So you're like, Oh, awesome. Okay. Coral that's eats awesome. this and that's safe, you know? And then in the, you can interact in that way. And it's, it's really good. It's, so it's called Spoonful, and that's the best scanning app that I've seen to so date. So that's, that's like, both on, on Google Play and the, the Apple App Store yep. then. Yep, yep. Cool. on everything. Yep. And that's where I give to my family, for teachers. Like, if they're like, well, I don't know if it's safe, you give them that app, and then that helps. And it's also for, like, the FODMAP diet and, like, all these other kinds. So if you're eliminating different foods, you can you can use that app, and it's mm -hmm. really, really helpful. So. Oh, thank you for that. That's, that's really helpful. That's great. And yeah. – um, you have some um, interesting tips and ideas to to help with, uh, you know, making your own gluten free products and stuff at home, and and avoiding the 
the cost of or the trap I call it of, of, of fast food and things like that. So can you can you share a little bit about that and your 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 some of your philosophy and some of your tips and, and that sort of thing? Um, Absolutely. No, I think it's really important because you know people say how expensive it is to eat gluten free, and it is if you're buying the wrong products, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so if you're like trying to like replace everything, like every item, like this donut for this donut and this, this, well, first of all, you're never going to feel better because you're going to eat like crap. Right. So really getting in and like, I, that, that's why I love what you do because it's like, you got to learn to get into the kitchen and cook food yourself, use whole ingredients, use whole foods, like try to get not the processed stuff. And then it, you know, you end up saving tons of money. And then the aspect of if, if you're making it. So a lot of times people are like worried, like, man, I don't want to buy a five ninety nine loaf of bread. Right. Like that's just super expensive, you know, and own oh, that's us dollars. I don't know what that mm-hmm. equates to you, wherever you all are, but, <laughs> but it's expensive. Right. Yeah. And then you go, you go to like a sandwich shop, like subway, you're spending five ninety nine just on one person to eat. Mm-hmm. So I can feed my whole family on a loaf of bread or I can get one sandwich. So it's, so it's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of that, just that life altering, like, okay, I'm going to eat healthier. I'm cooking in the home. I involve my kids. It's a complete mind shift. It doesn't happen overnight, but it can happen. And so now I'm feeding my whole family from one loaf of bread. That's actually cheaper. So we don't go through the drive-through like our, we eat out once a week and I usually take them. We have in and out and Chick-fil-A. Those are the two places that we trust. And we, when I go to order, I'm very careful about what I order. But also then when you're like, but I really want to bake a treat. So I used to make wedding cakes. That's what got me through ultrasound school because I was ah. a So I used to do wedding cakes, of course, full of gluten because we didn't know. And um, then I, when we went gluten-free, I'm like, I've got to learn how to master baking and cooking. <laughs> and I experimented with lots of recipes and I found some really awesome ones. But my favorite hack of all times is putting... Jello instant pudding. So any instant pudding mix, that dry mix, I put that in my baking, whether it's pancakes, muffins, cookies, brownies, cakes, like rolls, like you name it. That's and awesome. Is- I, I love that. I mean, and the thing is, is, you know, for me as, as a, you know, thinking of some of our, our listeners who are commercial bakers and product developers and things like that, is that first of all, you know, some of the ubiquitous things out there that are already gluten-free. Um, like, like I, I always used to chuckle when I'd go through the, 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 the grocery aisle at Sam's and see big bags of sugar and big latent gluten-free on top of it. Right. Um, but you know, like jello puddings, I mean, most of those are all inherently gluten-free because of the, the ingredients that are used. Right. Yeah. And, and that can translate into a commercial situation as well, because commercial bakers would have access to instant custards or pastry creams that are the same composition, or they can work with their suppliers to do a customized blend of gums and modified starches and stuff, which is the principle, the basis of what that is, is that is giving you, like you have often talk when we've talked before, like that the ability to hold that expansion, that gas from the leavenings to make it nice and fluffy and keep it moist. And so that it's not a uh, a doorstop brick, right? Or as uh, yeah. I'm up in Canada, we 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 say hockey pucks, right? So, <laughs> well, and, it, and it's true. Like gluten has such an important role; it does. And so, if you're gonna take that out, you gotta figure out how to make it so you're gonna have something that's moist and you know just full of just yummy texture, yeah, I, I rather than dry that. and crumbly. Yeah. 
And so I found that that's like a fun, easy at home and commercial wise or whatever. Cause I've, I've done a few wedding cakes since, you know, like, you mm-hmm. know, you're making in masses and that is the game changer. And so whatever you're doing, you can add that in and it's like, Oh, that replaced it. Now, is it the healthiest choice? No, but when you're eating a cookie, usually you're not going for the healthy choice. <laughs> you're wanting to indulge. And so I don't cook like that all the time, but if I am going to bake and I'm, you know, cause the worst thing is, is you, you know, whenever you bake, you, you, you bake from love. It's like, you're baking for someone, for a neighbor or to enjoy it. Or, you know, it's like this like emotional connection when you mm-hmm. eat. And then when you take that out and you're like, what, I just got a rock, you know, like this is no good. And it's like, and that can get depressing, but finding the compositions is awesome. And so, yeah, instant pudding is my favorite hack that I put in everything when I bake. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you, you mentioned that too, because I mean, um, I find myself so often, uh, um, I got to look up the, the actual quote and carry it with me with these one of these days, but, uh, Thomas Keller is, uh, is a very well-known celebrity chef in the culinary world. Um, he's a, a Michelin star chef who owns the French laundry in California and per se in New York. Uh, and Bouchon bakeries, uh, several of them all over the United States. And and part of big part of his philosophy is that he says the whole reason we do this, the whole reason we want to cook and bake and do these things is to make people happy. Right. And and you know, and if I want to cook something for you and I know you're a celiac, you know, I equally want to make you happy by making sure that it is safe for you to consume, that it is completely gluten-free and, and that, you know, it doesn't have any traces of any worry, right, is is that way we have to look at. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk with me, Coral. Um, so that is, uh, check out Coral's website is www.glutenfreewithcoral.com. And I invite you to also check out uh, Bakerpedia and our forum. We have a, a section there um, for gluten-free comments and information and stuff for sharing. And you're welcome to to post your link there then as well, too. And I uh, would love to hear you pipe in on some of the questions maybe that come up there and stuff. And so thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm so glad we connected on LinkedIn. And uh, I really appreciate having you on, on this uh, chat with me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. You've been awesome. This has been so fun. Excellent. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you for joining me and my gratitude to Coral Bahas for her candor and insights. Tune in for the next episode where we will dive into the R&D mysteries of gluten-free product development for baked goods. My guest will be Michael Childs. Until then, happy baking and remember when it comes to gluten-free, science is liberating.